God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me carry your message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I say that about mercy is that uh, uh, it says in uh, Scripture in Luke that those who are exalted will be humbled, but those who are humbled will be exalted. And that was, and, he, and when it was the Pharisee and the tax collector, and they're at the temple, and I won't go to all that, but it's, there's so much in that little parable. It's the whole, it's the whole deal. It's all the deal for us. And that the man just, uh, the tax collector, just said, bowed his head and said, I am the, the sinner, forgive me. And uh, Christ said, he went away justified. That's the only time when he used that term, I believe. And uh, it says, he who is exalted will be humbled, because the Pharisee was telling God how great he was and what he was doing, and thank God that he could do all these wonderful things. And, uh, and the, who, the, who is, he who is humbled will be exalted. And in AA, we have to be humbled. We have to be broken for this to work. And then I have to stay humble all the time. That's why when we have birthdays here, I ask someone, how are you letting God do it? Because if I start taking credit for it, then I'm in trouble. And uh, um, like these meetings, I don't take credit for that they're great or whatever. I just, God gave me ability to teach and I'm letting God work through me. And that's what we're supposed to do. We all have different gifts, and we're supposed to use them to honor God, and I hope they've been helpful. And we're, tonight we're on page 52, and these few pages uh, through the 15 years, I don't know how many times I've covered uh, this chapter and these pages, but it's, it has a tremendous amount of spiritual power, so let's see what we can get out of it. We finished uh, last meeting with page 52, The Bedevilments, which is um, our problems. And our problems, the second paragraph, is that I had trouble with personal relationships. I couldn't control my notional natures. That was true of me when I came in here, and I still have some of that today, but it's nothing like it was. I was a prey to misery and depression. I was miserable and I was completely burned out and full of fear. It says, couldn't make a living, had a feeling of uselessness, and I was full of fear. Fear dominated my life. And it says, I was unhappy and I couldn't seem to be of help to anybody. It says, was not a basic solution to these bedevilments. We're bedeviled by these problems that are the result of me. The bedevilments are the result of my self-centeredness. And so they ask the question, isn't a, a solution to this more important, and they're talking about God, that you can see, you can see things in nature, you know they're true. You can't see God except you see him in nature, but you can't actually, we can't put our hands around God. And it said, of course it was. So the basic solution, now here's how you get a basic solution of your problems. We saw, when we saw others solve their problems, so when you go to AA, you may see someone who had problems like yours. 
when you come in. And when you see them solve it by a simple, it's just a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe. I have to completely rely on God. We just worked on the third step before the meeting with someone. We did the third steps there. It says, remember, before you take this step, be sure you're willing to abandon yourself completely to God. And I have to rely on him for everything. If I don't rely on God, then I have fear, and I get misery, and I can get depressed, and I have emotional nature, and I can have trouble with relationships. Anybody relate to that? Yeah. And so we have the option now, because of our relationship with God through working the steps, that these, these bedevilments don't have to last very long or they don't have to happen. We have the promises that you read on page 83 and 84 at meetings. Those are the 10 step promises, I think. They, they call them the ninth step because it's the end of the ninth step, but that's the promise. Those things will come true when I'm in right relationship with God. And when I'm not in right relationship with God, they won't come true. And step 10 is how I stay in right relationship with God. So when we see other people solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, I had to stop doubting the power of God. When I heard uh, Jonathan tonight celebrate his six months birthday, and I remember seeing him at his first meeting six months ago, and to see the change, you could see the power of God. Our ideas did not work, ever. But the God idea did. And people fight the God idea. And they fight it, and then they, they don't make it. And, 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 and the God idea, you can believe in God, but do you trust God? Are you going to allow God to work in your life? And, and to learn to trust God and allow him to work in life by doing the rest of the steps. And continuing to do it all the time. Remember, it's a continuous program of recovery. It has to be done all the time. The Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. See, they believed that they could do it. And they were willing to do it, and they decided to do it. And then they did it, and then they, when they came down, they knew they could do it again. That's real trust. Before, they had a belief that we can do it. But after they flew the plane, the second time they went up, they, didn't, they knew they could do it. And I know God can relieve me of the bondage of self if I go to him and allow him to work in my life. I know if I simply rely on him, my problems disappear. How do I get problems? They're of my own making, and they arise out of me. And I'm an extreme example of self will run riot, but hopefully not today, right? Page uh, 61. We agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. Now, I wrote here, all alcoholics, we all stick to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. Why do we give up on self? Because we're completely surrendered by the disease. Now, there are a lot of people who are very self-centered, but they're not alcoholic. So they don't drink and destroy their lives through alcohol or drugs, they're just miserable and horrible to be around. But they're not ready to do this yet because they're not completely defeated. And alcoholics are only willing to give up self-sufficiency when we're completely defeated. That's why we have to stay humble. 
I don't want to ever become really self-sufficient again. I want to be God-sufficient. And I have to watch for that because it, it's almost automatic that we become self-sufficient. Anybody else do that? And then we have to stop and say, uh-oh, wrong again, Michael. We need to be God-sufficient. And we begin to feel like those who had insisted the rights would never fly. Now this page uh, is so powerful. And uh, every time I read it, I get something new out of it. If you haven't studied this before, this is going to be a treat. It says, logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. And you know why I liked logic most of the time? Because it was my logic. You get it? And I could see, and it had, if it was my logic, I liked it. It is not by chance we're given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. The problem is, I had a power to reason. I drew conclusions, but they were usually wrong because I was seeing the world wrong. But now they're talking about God, allowing God to work in our lives. We agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and inter interpretation. Hence, so now they're going to be at pains to tell me why they think their present faith is reasonable, because they had true faith. The people who wrote this book in trust in God. And I think I have true faith and trust in God in my life, but I still have to fight self-will all the time. He says in uh, Romans, Paul, I, have to, I can't stop doing what I don't want to do. And I have to fight the flesh and the spirit all the time. It says, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. See, complete willingness will make you completely ready to believe that there is something that can help you. And then if you're ready to do that, you're going to make the decision in step three, and you're going to want to do those steps right away. People who straggle with the steps, they're not completely defeated. It's one of the reasons. The second is they don't have sponsors who take them through the book quickly. Okay? There's all sorts of uh, views on how to do the steps. And my, I don't know that my way is the only way, but I just follow the book. So here's a key, key. It's one, two, three sentences. Changed my life. Now, when I read it for a while, I didn't understand what they were telling me. But here's what I see today. When, I, when we became alcoholics, notice the past tense. When they became an alcoholic, they're looking back. And when did they become an alcoholic? Now, they were alcoholics for a long time. Before they became an alcoholic, they were crushed by a self-imposed crisis. We could not postpone or evade. So I was alcoholic a long time. But I couldn't really fully concede to my innermost self until I was crushed by it, crushed by my self-centeredness, crushed by my inability not to drink and use. I couldn't postpone or evade. And then I had to fearlessly face the question, proposition. And this is where I get that second step proposition exercise on fear that we'll talk about when we do fear inventory. I had to face the question that either God is everything or else he is nothing. I'm crushed. I'm crushed by a self-imposed crisis. 
I could not postpone it. Now, in the beginning, I wasn't sure that it was self-imposed, but I was in a crisis, and I couldn't postpone it. And as I worked the steps and understood it, I could see it was me. It was self-imposed. It's nobody else's fault. I was crushed by me. And being crushed was a blessing, because it's the beginning. If you, don't, if you don't get crushed enough to give up completely, you're going to keep getting crushed. And alcoholics keep getting crushed, and they don't give up. That's why people don't make it. They just can't give up on themselves. So I had to face the question that God is everything or is nothing, because I, I can't fix this. I was completely defeated. And I, in the same way today, I can't fix my life today. God is everything or he's nothing. Now, here's how it applies. God either is or he isn't. God either is or he isn't. That's not complicated, is it? What is my choice to be? And here's the key thing. I have to make this choice all day long. Either God is in charge or Michael's in charge. What is my choice to be? Now, I choose Michael. I'm not perfect. And when I choose Michael, I get fear. Anybody do that? Or I get irritated. I don't get enraged. My wife says she's never really seen me really angry, but sometimes I, I just keep my mouth shut, right? And, and right, just keep your mouth shut, and you go to God and say she will stop talking. You know, you know how to do it. I, I'm trying to be funny, but I can't stay with Michael because then I get fear or I get irritated, or then I take an action and I have shame and guilt. So that's where 10 and 11 keeps me, whenever I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. And that, that means that I'm choosing me and not God. And if I choose God, I'll see it differently. And I don't have to be disturbed. I can be emotionally upset. I could be bothered because it's not a good situation. But I don't have to be disturbed. I don't have to be angry over it. And What's my choice to be? And so this is the fear exercise. If I choose myself in any area of my life, I'm going to have fear in that area. And so if I give it to God, then I don't have to be afraid because God's in charge, right? And remember, with the contract with God on page 63 is that I get everything I need from God, and all I have to do is stay close to him and do his work well, do the steps, stay close to him through prayer, inventory, meditation. And then guess what? He has worry. So when I'm worrying, I'm doing God's job. And there's scripture on that. Uh, it's in Luke, don't be anxious. You can't change anything. And so this is the most important choice, really, I make all the time. Is, am I in charge or is it God? Am I managing this or I'm giving it to God? Now, when I was crushed, initially, I, I, I just got on my knees and said, God, help me. But I want to stay defeated. I want to stay humble. I want to stay knowing that I can't run the show. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't try. We do. But it doesn't go well. I don't feel good. And I don't like to feel bad anymore. So I'd go and I'd say the prayers, the tools you learn in step four. I say the prayer for anger, the four prayers. I say the fear, and I, I, I 
ask God to take it away, whatever character defects being triggered. And when that happens, it works. I've never really gone to God where it hasn't worked. Now, I might have to go a couple times, but now I don't have to go very much. And I have a fear box, a God box, but I haven't put anything in it for a long time because I just go right to the fear because I'm choosing me and it's God's in charge. Isn't it great to be free of fear? Can you imagine? And I used to be full of fear all the time. Now, I don't like fear. Now, when I first came in, if I felt okay, or before I came in AA, if I felt okay, I was always uneasy because I was wondering what I forgot to worry about. Anybody relate to that? You know, I, I'm okay right at this moment. Well, what am I forgetting? And that's how I lived my life till I came here and started working the steps. Now, I don't feel that way anymore because that's just separation from God. So it says, arrived at this point. So you arrived at this point. You're crushed by self-imposed crisis. You cannot postpone or evade. You fearly face the question, God, is everything else? God, there is, is it? What is our choice to be? So at this point, I'm squarely confronted by the question of faith. The need for God, I wrote, the need for power. We can't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason. There's a bridge of reason, and there's, you go from reason to faith, and there's a bridge. And a lot of people have walked pretty far over that bridge of reason. And the outlines and the promise of a new land had brought luster to tire eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirit. So we come in, we've lived in, the, in reason, we have to walk across this bridge to the shore of faith, and that's what we do with the steps, basically. And we see the new land, and we see tired eyes and fresh courage to other people, friendly hands stretched out welcome. Someone described a friendly hand that reached out to them when they came in. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far, but here's the thing. Somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. They can't, a lot of people can't leave, leave, leave this bridge of reason to the shore of faith. And what, what prevents that? Old ideas. Holding on to our rock. We're not ready to drop the rock. All of our character defects, all my ideas, everything I thought I knew. So I, you have to get... You have to, when you come in here, remember the first page is blank because they want you to forget everything you think you knew. And so I have to be open-minded, willing to let go of all my ideas and just say, I'm going to do it. So when I came in, I was willing to do whatever they told me. I, and I, through the hand of God, I'm here today. And um, it says, perhaps we've been leaning too heavily on reason. And I wrote my reason, that last smile. And we did not like to lose our support. I didn't want to completely give up on me. And I, I found that a lot of people that I tried to work with, I thought they were ready for step four, and I, they really hadn't taken step one. They couldn't give up on the reason completely. Because that's what they're really telling you. Are you willing to believe, 100% willing to believe, and be willing to go to any length? right, and be willing to do the deal. And if you haven't given up on you and your reasoning, it's not going to work. 
And that's why the first step is really the key, and we have to work it all the time. It says, that was natural, but let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, have we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith? For did we not believe in our own reasoning? See, I believed in all my old ideas, right? They made sense, and that was a faith. And I had this delusion, remember? It says on page 61, that I, if I, I would have happiness and satisfaction in life if I would just manage well. Well, who told me that? I did. And I, I had faith in that until it didn't work. Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? Anybody thinking here? Uh, remember, we have to have a desire to stop thinking. We drink because we think. But we have to stop thinking our way and think God's way, think differently. What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful, objectively faithful to the God of reason. And I wrote of my reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been evolved all the time, but I had wrong faith. That's what it says in faith, page 62. The God idea worked. My idea didn't work, right? I had to stop playing God. Why? It didn't work. We found, can you mute Mark? Thanks. We found too that we had been worshipers, page 54. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshiped people, anybody do that? Sentiment, things, money, ourselves. I did that, I didn't even realize it. And what I worshiped from people was their approval. And my whole life, I wanted people to feel good about myself through how other people felt about me. So then I made the whole world my higher power. Pretty dangerous, isn't it? And then with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or flower, most of us had not loved, had most of us had not loved something or somebody. How much do these feelings, these love, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? So we had these feelings, we had these ideas. We worship people, sentiment, things, money, ourselves. Um, and we were using our reasoning. So it says it was impossible to say I had no capacity for faith because I had faith in me, right? or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little, little else, but I was worshiping the wrong things. My, my eyes were focused in the wrong direction. Scripture talks about focusing on the light, and I was living in the dark. And I have to focus on God, and not myself. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left by pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life, of course we did. Anybody alive? Good, we believe that. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a state, straight line is the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. So they're giving a lot of ideas here to get us ready for page 55, which hits home the whole, the whole deal. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness. 
Of course we couldn't. Electrons themselves seem more intelligent than that. At least so the chemist said, now this was written in 1939. What would they think if they turned on our TV, turned on the TV? They went on the internet. It's hard to believe uh, the thing. YouTube remembers what I was watching when I would go back to it. Isn't that something? I mean, really. Hence, we saw that reason is in everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it must emanate from our best minds. And then I have to say, is my thinking dependable? Can I rely on it? And I used to, but I'm not sure. I can't do it anymore. I have to rely on God. And my thinking has to be aligned with God, remember? And it says we can use our will on page 85 when our will is aligned with the will of God. And I don't want to use my will when it's not aligned with God. You know, and it says, what about people who prove that man could never fly? You know, we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world. This world of self-centeredness. We see people who are spiritually liberated. People rose above their problems. That's what you're supposed to see in AA. They said God made these things possible, and we only smiled. Don't we say God? We suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I mean, think about it. Think where you were when you came in. Think where you are today. It's a miracle. We had seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. So you can see these examples. That's why AA is so important, because we're supposed to be an example to someone who's new that if they do what I did, they can have what I have. We're not perfect or anything, but we're certainly better than we were when we came in. We'd see say, I, used, I may not be much, but I'm better than I used to be, right? All right, here's the key. Two paragraphs. Actually, I was fooling myself when I talked about my reason or the way I th viewed the world for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. That's so important. The fundamental idea of God is deep down inside all of us. All humans. They've always had the idea of God. An excellent, uh, in mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis talks about from the beginning of time, people have worshipped something. They've worshipped something greater than themselves. And the fundamental idea of God is deep down inside of me. Now here's the problem. Remember we only have one problem, conscious separation from God, and the solution is conscious contact. Now I had God deep down inside of me, but I obscured him by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, pompous, ostentatious worship, vanity, obscured by calamity, what I saw as calamity. But in some form or other, it's there. You see, I block God out. And what we need to do is we all have God inside of us. And by working the steps, we allow God to work in our lives. Step four, we face and be rid of the things that are blocking me from God. For faith in a power greater than itself and miraculous demonstrations of power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. And that's why this book is so powerful, because this is a testimony of what they did. And then I can tell you, my testimony is that I did this, 
and my life has changed. I have a power of God in my life. Can't explain it. You do it, and then you have the result, and then you tell someone else. But they can't understand it till they do it. And here's the key. We finally saw, so this is at the end of everything, they finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. So just as you can relate to someone else, you know that God is inside of you. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly. What step is that? Step four. We search fearlessly, but he was there. So what do you find when you do step four? You peel away all your resentments, your fears, your shame and guilt. This, this crap that you put on top of your statue. And when you get rid of all that, you have this beautiful beautiful thing that God created. God created me to be loved, patient, kind, tolerant, considered, compassionate. He didn't create me to be uh, judgmental, impatient, intolerant, you know, criticizing, angry all the time, fearful. No, I created that by blocking God out. And when I, and they asked uh, Michelangelo how he made the statue of David. It's a huge statue. I've seen it in Florence. It's like 25 or 30 feet tall. And it's, it's magnificent. And they said all I did was, was peel, crack away everything that wasn't David, and it was there. And Sandy Beach, in his, really one of his most famous talks, talks about when he came in, he had all this crap that, was, that he had put on his statue. And through the, the steps, you remove the crap, and you can see the beautiful creature that God created. We don't have to be that way. And so he was much a fact as we were. So when we searched fearlessly, we could see that God's inside of us. And then here's the deal. I found the great reality. Notice capital G, capital R, deep down within me. That was what the steps did for me. I found God inside of me, and I found the power I can rely on, and I can have a relationship and a power to live. It's such a gift. Because I didn't have any power when I came in except mine. And self-power, willpower was my problem. It didn't fix this. In the last analysis, when you go through everything, in the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found is so with us. So if you don't work the steps, if you haven't peeled away all the crap, then you, you're not going to see that great reality. And you're not going to find it. And so that's why you have to do the action steps. You can't talk about it. You can't, you can't talk about it. You have to do it. And then I'll just read these lines, but I'll start with this next time. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony, the testimony helps one sweep away your prejudice, your prejudgment, enables you to think honestly, and encourages you to search diligently within yourself. So that's all they require. You have to sweep away every prejudice I have about anything and just do it. Do whatever, take direction for whatever they tell you to do. Enables me to think honestly. I can, if I ask God, encourage you to search diligently within yourself. We want to be God seekers, right? I want to search diligently within myself so I can find the great reality, right? 
Then if you wish, you could join us on the broad highway. And that's the highway I want to be on. But I have to be honest. I have to get rid of all my prejudgment. And I have to search diligently. And to stay on the highway, I have to do the same thing every day. With this attitude, you cannot fail. You cannot fail if you have that attitude. The consciousness, here's what you get from all of this. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. And that's how faith, I design to find faith in AA. Consciousness of my belief. I'm conscious of my belief, it's true. It's due to come to you. You can't explain that to somebody else. They have to have their, do their work to have the consciousness of their belief. So I'll stop with that. You can see I really get a lot out of these pages. So I hope it was helpful. Thank you.